Hey everybody, welcome into the Haven Podcast, specifically welcome into our weekly video game focused episode. Um, you could be listening to anything else in the world right now, but you are listening to me and I appreciate that. I hope you all had a wonderful work week and even a better weekend coming up. I am finally back home! Never thought I'd be so excited to be back in this fucking state of Washington, but here I am and... For those that did listen to my TV and movie-focused episode from this past Sunday, um, the missus and I we decided to go to New Orleans um, like on this mini-vacation for the weekend, and in the Northwest, we got hit with this huge, massive snowstorm, well, specifically in Washington. And it was a bumpy, it was, it was uh, what's it called? It was a pain in the butt to get to New Orleans, but we finally did, enjoyed our trip there, and then it was a as I've always said, a stick, a pencil in my heart situation getting back. It was just holy shit. But even after four delays and lots of other headaches uh, along the way getting back and just trying to reroute shit and everything like that, and some of the worst customer service I've ever experienced from companies that make way too much money, we are officially finally back. We got back pretty late last night. I even forced myself to to run out and everything and try to stock up because we lost power for almost a week straight and um yeah i think last friday the power went out and we had already left town and i think it was like three o'clock yesterday coming in so almost pushing a full whole week we were out with it so had a couple things i left in the fridge go bad and it was just got it all done it's fine it was just annoying shit you know when you get back after that kind of long of a trip and it extending another day and a half or so more than you would like it to and just hoping you hit your deadlines to get back um yeah, just kind of a eh, fuck up, you know, but didn't prevent me from enjoying New Orleans. And before we jump into the topics of the day and we do the rundown and all that stuff, because we got some really cool stuff to go over and I'm really excited to talk about with you guys. Um, New Orleans, first time there. I actually really, really enjoyed it. I ate like such a fatty and ah, the food. Holy crap. You, you know, you're in an awesome spot when you go out to eat and even... Uh, even a restaurant that is kind of, it's, what can I say? Like that city, when it comes to food, this version of average food is still really, really good. Like I had maybe one meal where I was like, ah, this is, this is fine, but I still really enjoyed it. I still had a good time with it. It wasn't like I left like, ah, oh, shit, I can't believe we spent money on that crap. Nothing like that. So even their weakest offerings were still pretty tasty. Um, and um, the breadheads over there, holy crap. I know it gets hot down there, so and I thought gingers wanted to be away from the sun so they don't burn. Um, but there is tons of uh, lovely redheads down there, and I'm not gonna lie, it's a 50-50 bag. Some of them you see them, you're like, oh, very beautiful lady over there. The others look like that bitch from Gremlins too. So it, it's a hit or miss. But yeah, tons of redheads. I don't know why that was, but um, as far as everything else goes. Um, no, and some of the architecture down there, I think I talked about it on Sunday, was just, holy crap, some of these places are just amazing looking. So the French outdid themselves with um, their architecture and everything. And, you know, when you have that awesome combination of French and rednecks coming together, you have Cajun situations that can be very, very delightful. So, um, yeah, if you haven't gone, go there. New Orleans, yeah, fun little place. Just make sure you got a good group of people with you, fun times, and really embrace it. Um I think other than probably like getting shit faced and food, I don't know if there's too much to do down there. Um, there was a World War II museum that I think they opened recently. That would look really cool. I wanted to check that out. But anywho, that's not why you listen. And um, you listen to the latest and greatest going on in the world of video games. And we have a couple things to get into. So let's let's go ahead and, and jump 
jump into it with some of our headlines. Um, so the biggest takeaway coming from this past week was um, the other day, and I'm getting most of this from Jason Schreier of Kotaku. Again, really awesome underground journalist or underground, but he he's like the top you know reporting journalist when it comes to all the inner workings and behind the scenes bullshit that video game industry execs tend to pull on people. And this is, I think, a great example of it. So for those of you that have been listening or followed the story, um, or even Jason's work specifically, he's alluded to this. Uh, I think it was November of last year that you know. Blizzard, Activision slash Blizzard, there are one entity and stuff like that. They are going through a little bit of a transition and they're going to be putting a lot more pressure on Blizzard to get their products out faster while saving costs. And if you're a, a avid listener to the podcast, you know, I've, I've talked about in ad nauseum what that means, what's that's code for. And the quick cliff notes version of that is say goodbye to blizzard like the whole we're going to take our time make these epic games and, and really be amazing to our fan base that's going to go away here i think rather quickly um or rather sooner than later and i don't think it's going to be a massive drop off overnight but it's going to get there you're going to see a decline in the product and you're going to see just a difference with that mindset when it comes to um blizzard's relationship with their community and, and what have you something they, they get a great reputation on and rightfully so um but the big news came out, and this is just shitty, so I'll, I'll just kind of give you the, the, the head points of it. So Activision Blizzard, they announced that they are going to be laying off 8% of their total workforce, so uh, around 800 employees. I've seen some articles pop up and some news since then where it looks like it actually might be a little bit more than that. Most of these layoffs have to do with people that work um, for marketing, work within the community, um, do their esports for Activision, and there's... Um, a, a little bit of like developers that work in that like artist renderings and stuff like that or excuse me artists and environmental people um, a, quite a bit of layoffs from what I read for quality testing as well the QA people as well so I think you're going to see a lot more of them like hey pre-order for beta access fuckers you test it for us and then we'll fix it in a year so um, and then a couple of the other studios that Activision does own like I think uh, High Moon Studios was one of them they had some layoffs and they're restructuring or not or removing these people, reassigning them, if you will, to go work on Overwatch, to go work on WoW. Um, and I think what was that one? Diablo three is a big one as well as the call of duty, you know, con uh, entity, whatever, um, that shit is. So it's, <clears throat> it's, it's a tough bag. So they do all this. And what makes this even worse is uh, <laughs> this has been rumored of, going on that they're going to cut and do layoffs since November of last year and so when the axe finally did hit it was just really heartbreaking because of the fact that the CEO of Activision was giving his quarterly update to his investors Okay, he tells these fucking people hey we had a record setting record breaking quarter at Activision Blizzard we, we fucking we outdid ourselves this year or this quarter you guys and on the back of that, he he says to these investors later on in the meeting, while the fucking cuts are officially happening, while people are sweating and fucking probably have swamp ass the whole time because of all the rumors and knowing full well that something was going to happen and they just didn't know who was going to get fired and when, that they've been living in fear that this was going to happen since November of last year. 
while that's all going on and this fucker is talking about record numbers, these people are literally getting called in and getting their severance packages and let go. And from my understanding, it was just certain developers that got the severance packages. And then some people were like, hey, we'll give you or they were like, hey, here's a severance package. You got to sign an NDA, though. Um, and a lot of these people are, are a mixture of individuals. Some people are saying that this is random, which uh, I don't know if I buy that quite. But there's some newer people that were let go and there's also some people that have been there for 15 plus years that are really baked into their video games community and are really well known within that blizzard circle that were laid off or laid off as well so uh before i get to like my hot take i just want to say i good luck to these people this is a fucking shitty situation on on many levels it's never easy losing your job um and i hope everyone you know finds their footing and they get into better situations now now that I said that politically correct aspect of it, this is just a great example to me of it's not even like fuck you business practices and just how you treat your employees because the video game industry has always kind of been like this. It's very cutthroat, unfortunately. For me, it's how much of a piece of shit do you have to be to do this and do it in this way? You have record earnings, and I get your business at the end of it, but you could do this with a little more taste, a little more respect for these people, and you decided not to do that. You knew full well ahead of time when you were going to do this, or had at least a general idea that this was coming down the pike, and you just kept leaving these people on a string in fear of, like, when do I get the word? You do it all in one shot, which, you know, I don't expect you to do it in cycles, but you do all this after having a record fucking year. And you had another CEO within that company. Oh, I got a $15 million bonus. Like something doesn't add up. Like if you have fat that you need to cut and trim again, it's a, it's a business. I get it. But that doesn't excuse the fact that you just be a horrible human being at the end of it. Cause that's what it this comes down to uh, for me, at least this is about you just being a shitty fucking person and not giving two shits about anyone but yourself. And, and that's, that's the thing about it too. And uh, it just, I, I've never held back or, and I get a little bit tired even for myself repeating it of how much I have disdain for EA and Activision. I think they are cancers on this comp or on this industry. I think they've done more to set back the video game industry than anything else um, that we could possibly uh, really, if we were to make a list, I would put those guys at the top. And I think what this is going to end up doing, and this is not going to be the last time this happens, but I think in a couple years, I, don't be shocked if you start hearing or seeing union talk like unions. I don't know why they're sitting on their ass because of all the fucking money they make in that industry, video games in general. The fact that they haven't unionized yet is beyond me. Um, I, I like, again, I wouldn't be shocked if you see this shit kind of come down the pike here in a couple of years and these developers start getting a little more smart and say, Hey, we're going to unionize. And um, at the end of the day, I'm going to say whoever is the, you know, the video game publisher, company, etc., that steps up and gets ahead of this, those are the ones that are going to come out looking really fucking good in the in the long term. They're the ones that can work with the union of their choice because, let's be honest, how that shit works. So they can get ahead of it, set boundaries in terms of how these people are treated right now where they cut down on crunch, they cut down on certain overtime hours and, and everything like that in theory. So I think whatever company gets ahead of it and it's like, oh yeah, we're pro-union now, 
because it's good PR for us. We're tired of our developers getting taken advantage of. Let's help them out. And then they can kind of set their own rules and set kind of the framework of what a union inside of the video game industry would actually look and feel like. Um, but yeah, this is just fucking shitty. And um, during this a quarterly call, they had some other assholes that work underneath this piece of shit CEO guy that had some other notes that came out about it. And they said, like, oh, this is one of the reasons, you know, even though we had this record year, they they added some tidbits where they said, like, this is why we broke off from Bungie for Destiny and everything. Like, it wasn't meeting sales expectations. And again, keep in mind, this is a company, record-setting quarter, they lay off 8% of their workforce, and there's probably more coming, too. And they do it in the most shitty, scumbag way they can. This is also the same company that sold... A little over what was it 500 million dollars in it's like first three days of the latest call of duty and said it did not meet expectations so they've completely gone one extreme to the other and i i've always told you guys i try to preach balance and everything i do life and hobbies and everything like that when it comes to business 101 etiquette this is a bad fucking look and it's a bad slope that they're on like they've they've already graduated there's no coming back from where they are until people start voting with their wallet and don't support them then maybe that helps um, I think it does more good than bad, but it's it's just a really shitty situation when these people, like, I mean, fucking 800 people, I mean, it's probably going to be closer to 1,000 when it's all said and done, and the way they treat it when you, like, you go to Kotaku and read Jason Schreier's story about this, he's talking with all these people, you know, anonymously, these sources that are there on the ground floor where this is happening, like, people are, like, rolling into the gate at the headquarters just, like, fuck um, we're hearing stuff that this is happening you know it's starting to trickle down a little bit in terms that people are actually getting acts like today's doomsday for them and people are just fucking bawling their eyes out because you have like a lot of friends a lot of people you work with just kind of going away maybe you're not understanding a lot of it and you're just kind of sitting there on fucking linkedin setting up your resume <laughs> like oh get ready for this you know i hear all the rumors but no one tells you for sure and it's just that's a really shitty situation to be in an experience in, in any shape or form and i mean you had even people getting uh, laid off over in some of their international companies and they're over here looking at the u.s like oh my god all these guys that we kind of know of over there in the states are getting you know laid off while they're over here in foreign markets and they got the word literally the next day so they were just like i don't know there's there's a better way to do it much much better way and i think i kind of outlined like just do it all in one flow swoop just be open and honest about it and just be like this sucks. We know we made money, but this isn't working in these markets. Like, we don't need this many people in esports anymore because we're going away from that. And but just be open and transparent with people, especially those employees, and give them a heads up of like, hey, this is what we're looking to do. These are the areas we're probably going to be affected. Get your resumes ready. We'll, we'll do what we can to, you know, be a good reference for you. But then they do scummy shit like, hey, here's a fucking severance package for the NDA, so you don't go talk shit about us, which. I mean, I guess that's that's them covering their ass. I understand that. So, um, just just really shitty shit, and it's just another showcase of a big time publisher, you know, just I don't know, taking a shit on people. So that's that's the good headline story of the video game week news today, guys. So again, hopeless people find their footing and and get into some better situations where they're a little more appreciated. Um, and again, not deaf to the fact that it's a business at the end of the day and clearly business is good for you guys because you had a record-setting quarter according to your ceo but if you need to cut the fat i get it but there's better ways to do it
don't be a, a piece of shit about it. So, um, but let's let's go on to some other more positive news that got that gets me excited and everything like that. So, um, sorry for the interruption, you guys. What the fuck? Like, eh, you know, it's a shit show. That's what kind of production we're putting on here on the Haven Podcast, guys. Like, I do all my recording through the Anchor app on my phone, and I put on, I silence it, I put on the Do Not Disturb, and I still get phone calls that come through and interrupt the recording. So, um, it could have happened, I guess, at a worse time in the middle of my rant about Activision and the cucks that they are. But, no, let's uh, let's jump on to some industry notes, keep it, try to swing the tide of it, if you will, um, into some more positive stuff. So, this was announced a couple days ago, and I talked about it. Uh, I believe it was, yeah, last year, late in December, I finally got my hands on a Nintendo Switch, and I, I, I get it, you know, why that is so fucking awesome. For anyone that's like, I don't think I would utilize it, or what, I cannot recommend that console enough. There's just something about it that really works. Whether you have kids, or you're you're single, it doesn't matter. It's a really cool thing, and at least for me, until I got hands-on with it and got to spend a lot of time with it, that's when it kind of the light bulb went off in my head and I was like, oh, okay, this is this is legit. I can understand why people love this thing so much. So speaking of that, and I'm, I'm always glad that I got to experience it because A, I love video game stuff, but also at the end of the day, it's more video games to play. And, you know, Nintendo, as it continues its journey of being kind of almost the Apple of the video game industry, um, they did announce today that they have, that they are, and this came out of nowhere at one of their directs, and I, I love when companies do this stuff. They said, hey, we have, we are officially remaking from head to toe um, Zelda Link's Awakening, which I guess back in the day was a Zelda classic on one of the Game Boy handhelds, which is awesome. That's great. Again, my experience with the Game Boy handhelds was me as a kid having a friend who had one and getting to play Pokemon on it, and that was kind of it. So any exclusives over there, I never got a chance to. So they showed some gameplay. They showed this amazing, like, just anime-looking intro. Just, oh, so good. Check it out. Um, really, really great stuff. So they show that, and they show some uh, gameplay of it. And they this isn't like, oh, we took the original Nintendo game and or Game Boy Color game and up the resolution. Like, no, no, no. This thing is like full-fledged remake. It looks phenomenal. It looks so much fucking fun. And this is kind of a recipe that Nintendo's adopted a little bit with most of their games for the Switch. And you're starting to see other companies do it a little bit. And remember, we always had the remaster. That was like a thing three or four years ago from people. Like, developers and publishers are like, okay, we have a lull in our quarter how do we do this? It's like, oh, let's just up the resolution of a, of a classic game and re-release it on the newer platforms, right? And I think for some people, it was like, okay, that's cool, but this is kind of half-ass and you're not, it's not cheap what you're charging for what you're doing. Let's put it that way. So since then, we've seen some games actually do it the correct way. And I think a great example of that is, I mean, look at fucking Resident Evil 2 that just came out. I mean, that is a game that's on my list to play. I need to play it. Everything I've heard is incredible, uh, just feedback about that game, just how amazing and impressive it is, and how a lot of people that I follow and respect turn around and say, hey, this is going to be on someone, this should be on everyone's game of the year list, when it's all said and done, when 2019 is up, because that's how great Capcom did with the Resident Evil 2 remake, and they redid that thing from head to toe, and it's just making it pretty and everything like that. Um, I mean, when you change the core gameplay of it to kind of fit more modernized, I think that's great. I think that's appropriate. 
And so you, you have the same thing here with the Zelda Link's Awakening remake. I have no idea what the story is other than I, I just read kind of what they put out there. Uh, Link is on a boat. It crashes on an abandoned island. There you go. So I don't know if the Awakening refers to like him going through puberty or, you know, him understanding that, hey, when you're stranded on an island and your stomach starts making sounds, you may have to kill and eat some of the natives. It's a part of growing up, part of maturing. So, no, in all seriousness, it looks, it looks phenomenal. It looks really, really good. Um, and then on top of that, more Switch news and stuff like that, we got our first look at Iron Fist and Captain Marvel for the new Ultimate Marvel Alliance 3. I think it's the third one that's coming exclusively to Switch, and they gave us a release date of 2019. Um, this looks great. If it's anything like the old Ultimate Alliances, which everything I've read, it, it's going to be close to it. It's like that Diabolos camera down style looter shooter, not looter shooter. Um, like it's all about the loot kind of thing that you get with an awesome story baked in. It looks great. It looks phenomenal. And it's all done with Marvel characters. I am all for that shit. So I am so excited and, and great get for Nintendo to get that, to get that exclusive game. I mean, honestly, I would love to have it on Xbox so I can play with my buddies on it and have that in 4k, but um, and that's probably going to come down the road, but if it's great, I don't mind double dipping on that because it just looks so much fun. And that's a game that just gives a certain type of itch that I love getting scratched when it comes to video games. Um, so that looks great. And then one other little bit of industry, eh, it's kind of like an industry note before we kind of wrap up with some stuff looking ahead. So this was great. So there's one channel that I follow on the YouTubes called Layman Gaming. And one of the guys are brothers from Australia. Um, one of the brothers, he has a video channel called Skill Up. He like made his name known in doing Division One uh, videos and breakdowns and like mid-max builds and everything. And I really like their sense of comedy and, and kind of their, their, their take on certain stuff. So they had a great catch that I saw and I wanted to bring it up to people. So just search layman gaming on youtube and they were phenomenal they had a great catch where you know there's this game coming out i'm sure you all heard of it. it's called rage 2 and it's made by oh what the hell is it io interactive it's like a joint with like two other developers that are doing it but it looks really cool it's like this mad max meets kind of uh, what's the word i'm looking for like punk rock look and feel and the game looks terrific it's open world first person shooter that kind of stuff so they're published by Bethesda, which for those that have been following, Bethesda is not having a great track record the last couple of uh, months with its fan base, if not longer, and they just keep shitting the bed. So they had an amazing catch where if you order pre-order the deluxe edition of this game, Rage 2, which comes out in, I think, a month or so, they promoted, hey, you get cheat codes and you get experience boosters. So they brought it up on their channel, and I believe that, yeah, the Rage 2 account actually commented on it where they're like, they try to explain this. And so they, I, I don't want to give too much away and kind of give their opinion, but I thought it was interesting. The first thing that popped in my head when they were talking about this and the developer confirmed like, oh, you can do this stuff, but it's also in game as well. And you get it from this NPC vendor and it, it's just go and check it out. But is this, it didn't make it, something doesn't add up here. Because they're trying to make it sound like, yes, this stuff's included. Yes, it's little bonus goodies. But if you don't get it, pre-order the deluxe edition, you still get access to cheat codes. You still get experience boosters, like an easy mode for people. And, you know, you can earn all this in-game with its currency. And that becomes a separate question. Okay, how's the grind on that? 
but they just try to make it sound like, oh, it's not microtransaction-based kind of thing. What, what doesn't... There's a disconnect here in my brain about this, because why are you promoting something that's, like, kind of... I don't know, going out of your way to promote something that's already there. It's like me... It's like you play the whatever, uh, let's do... What's a good example? Okay, so you have a first-person shooter coming out, and you're like pre-order now and you get in the deluxe edition of whatever the shotgun and it's like well that's a basic functional first person shooters and it's like yeah but you also get it in the regular edition you also get it if you just don't pre-order it so it's like that's what they said you get all this shit anyways regardless if you pre-order or not or deluxe edition so i'm just confused like why are they touting features that a are coming in no matter what but b are they really going to try to are they truly to attempt to monetize cheat codes like that's something that's been around forever and like free it's great so i'm, I'm very curious and props to them for bringing it up and actually getting a, in a, a dialogue of conversation with the developer even though there's some stuff that i was like eh, I'll keep an eye on this i'm very curious how this turns out and if anyone else follows rages to lead or if they are just testing the waters a little bit as developers are known to do in ways of monetization um i think it is actually kind of funny because i did bring up having two different versions of a game uh what was it months and months ago that some developers should start doing that like have a a casual friendly game and monetize the shit out of people and then the hardcore people maybe pay a little bit extra up front and then they get a full experience without all the you know cock and balls in their mouth because they said on this twitter exchange that it's like, oh, it's an easy mode with these experience boosters for people. So it's like, are you... So they're kind of doing it a little bit, I guess, huh? Like, they, are they going to start fucking like, hey, dad of three, you don't have time? That's cool. Give us a couple extra bones and here's some experience boosters. And you can finish up the game in uh, two days if you want to. Like, that's going to be fucking great if they start, like, doing the casuals like that. Because they seem to be okay with it. They're the ones that are like, I don't have time to play looter shooters and stuff like that. And it's like, well, here you go. Give us a little bit extra money and you can do that. But I don't know. It's just crazy to see. I think 2019 kind of now I want to, I want to put on my Danny Domus hat and robe here. I think 2019, we are going to see a odd, a odd push from big time pub publishers in terms of how they're going to monetize or trying to show the next form of monetization with microtransactions. I think we're going to see that this year. We're going to see them make an attempt this year to really see what they can push and get away with in terms of monetization um, for single player games, especially. Um, and I've talked about that before with, um, you know, the latest Ass Creed, where it's like we've given you a shit ton of side quests and content. And, you know, we're going to tell you it's 50 hours experience or a hundred because that looks good on a, on a highlight paper. You know, when we talk to interviewers, it's all, you know, quantity, no quality, but Hey, we can, you know, give us a couple extra bucks for those experience boosters and you can burst through all of it. So very, very interesting to see, but I think that's what's going to happen this year. You're going to see a lot of push into the single player specifically, or especially I should say in monetization, but, um, yeah, going to be interesting to see, uh, see all that stuff. We'll see how it goes down. Huh? Oh, video games, I tell ya. Um, but speaking of video games, I do want to bring up to um, looking ahead and, and some other stuff where we file up here, finish up. Um, Division 2, uh, Ubisoft down at the Division 2 open beta 
will start for all platforms beginning March 1st. I believe that is a Friday, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so keep a lookout for that. Um, for those that listened last week, again, Division 2, I talked about it. I, I thought it was it was good. It was fine. It was a it's Ubisoft doing a little bit more of doing a lot of the same, I should say, from Division 1, but kind of on a bigger scale. Uh, some of it feels, or certain aspects of it where you're like, oh, that seems like a cool idea for a sequel, like or to put in a sequel. And then there's other stuff where you're like, ah, eh, this feels like Division 1.5 a little bit. Um, again, I played a, quite a bit of hours. Like I was like eight to, up to 8 or 10, I think, on that first day and what have you. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to going back and revisiting it without a schedule like, oh shit, we got to get out of town this weekend kind of thing. And um, but I for those that are curious about it or love Division 1 or interested, definitely check it out. It's not it's not anthem. It's not going to waste your time. At least I didn't feel like it was a time waste for me. Like, do I really have to like review and report on this shit to on the podcast? This is fucking horrible. Um so yeah, definitely check that out. And then don't forget too, I mean, I'm recording this Thursday, but you guys will hear it on Friday, most likely. Metro Exodus and Crackdown 3 come out on tomorrow. That is fucking awesome. So the last game that was on my anticipated for 2019 games or whatever, the first one was Kingdom Hearts 3, and I gave that review a couple weeks ago. That was that was kind of a stinker. Um, well, actually quite a bit of a stinker. So Metro Exodus is definitely on that list for me. I'm, I've been following this for a little while. It looks really fucking good. I'm really excited to play it because I'm missing. I'm, I'm wanting to play a game in which I can do another spotlight. I haven't done a spotlight in months because these games, I think last one was Red Dead 2. What they don't deserve it. They haven't earned that of like, I want to get excited about a game again. I'm tired of playing average or just like, yeah, that's fine. Like I want to play something. That I'm like, fuck this is terrific like this is love and attention and no bullshit and this is just developers working together to make a kick-ass video game that's fun and amazing and i i'm i'm fiending for that um that's why i think i'm i'm so biased with the switch right now there's there's been games i'm playing like super smash bros that was just incredible and and so good and still playing that stuff so metro exodus that comes out tomorrow and then um i could tell you right now crackdown 3 uh, the reviews are not looking very, very good for this Microsoft exclusive, <laughs> um, which I, I think is not a surprise to anyone that's been following the development hell cycle that is this game, unfortunately. Um, from what I understand so far, there's a couple some weirdness with it, but bottom line, if you have Game Pass, check it out. I mean, come on, guys, it's 10 bucks a month, you already have it. Um, I don't know if I'd go out of my way to get Game Pass for this, but I just can get Game Pass in general because I think it's terrific because they have the this one game my brother found, Warhammer, oh, fuck, what's it called? So it's the V, and it's kind of like that looter-shooter genre, which I'm super excited for to try to download that when I'm done. Um, I want her to give that a quick spin. So just Game Pass is such a great value, some amazing fun games on there, you know, and... Um, like one game, I'll give you another one. I usually do the game pass sessions over on mixer. You know, you like that plug on that, you know, like we, we we're on, we're on the last level we got to finish, but there's like this four player co-op game called strange brigade, right? It's average at best, but it's, it has its own sense of humor and comedy and art style. That's very different than a lot of games. I'm sure you've played, especially recently. It's a fun game to get into. And they have a, a lot of those titles, on Game Pass with a few of those gems, like um, Kingdom Two Crowns, as an example, that are that are in there that are great, fun, terrific, and so um, yeah, if you got Game Pass already, I mean, you can pre-download Crackdown Three. I think it goes live 9 p.m. Pacific time 
um, on Thursday night. And then I've even saw people on the Xbox Reddit say, hey, switch your region to New Zealand. It takes like two minutes and you can actually start playing the campaign now, which I may do. <laughs> Who knows? But um, yeah, I'm definitely playing Crackdown 3 and Metro Exodus. Um, I'm going out of town yet again this weekend, but I'm planning first thing um, Monday morning to wake up early, get the work in and, and get you guys that and make sure this upcoming next Friday's episode, you guys have my reviews and impressions for Metro Exodus as well as Crackdown 3. And I, I just hope I, I don't have to talk about Metro Exodus next week. I hope it's a spotlight episode. Um, but yeah, I'm just... These are some games, man. It's a good time to be a gamer. Like, even with all the bullshit with microtransactions and stuff, it's it's still... And what a great start to the year so far. Um, I mean, I'm glad Resident Evil 2 is killing it. I'm going to definitely have to get my hands on that. But... Yeah, just just great stuff. So, um, all right, guys, that's going to do for me. Enough of my rants and rambles. Kind of got off the script there a little bit. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. If you like what you've heard or even if you're meh about it, uh, lots of ways to get involved, support, and help the podcast grow. We have links in the description of this episode on you can do those things, such as subscribe, rate, review, all that bullshit um, on your podcast listening platform of choice. You can also share the podcast with others who you think might enjoy it as well. I know I greatly appreciate that. Um, as much as I also appreciate listener questions, which you can send in um, to our email, thehavenpc at gmail.com, or through the podcast's official Instagram or Mixer accounts if you fuck with that, um, and just search The Haven Podcast on either of those things, or click on the link in the description, um, and you can get involved there and all that stuff. So, anyways, thank you so much, you guys. Uh, hope you have a wonderful uh, game feel, game filled, yeah, tongue twisters weekend uh, or whatever it is you're doing just be safe out there have fun and i will talk to you guys this upcoming monday take care